I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Kara Golden Show. I am so thrilled to have my next guest here. We have Trevor Trina, who is the founder and CEO of Cresis. And if you don't know what Cresis is, you're going to be very, very excited to hear all about it, but also hear about Trevor's journey. Trevor is a serial entrepreneur, lives in San Francisco. I've known him for many, many, many years. This is actually his sixth technology startup. He's uh, sold five of them uh, in successful exits. Really, really amazing. Uh, In addition, Trevor was the former ambassador to Austria. I can't wait to hear more about that. Uh, And today we're talking about his latest venture, Cresis. And I can't wait to learn all about what it is and how that really taps into this first Web3 super app topic and uh, gives everyday consumers the power to safely and easily accumulate, manage, trade, and enjoy digital assets and blockchain verification all in one secure place. This innovation could be a significant development in improving the overall security of crypto and NFT assets that we keep hearing about over and over again. And uh, more than anything, I can't wait for Trevor to demystify all of this for us. So, so much to chat about. But welcome, Trevor. Thank you, Kara. So nice to be with you today. Really excited to have you here. So first of all, you're a serial entrepreneur. What or who inspired you to jump into entrepreneurship? If you had to say, one person or were there, you know, multiple people around you growing up that were entrepreneurs that you just said, this is what I'm ultimately going to do one day? Well, Kara, it's interesting because, you know, I come from uh, in a family from a long line of entrepreneurs. So I was sort of aware of that role model uh, influencing me even as a very young boy. But probably like many people listening uh, in, you know, you just sort of know in your heart that you don't want to work for other people, that you either because you want to cut your own path or because you just have this just burning urge to create and build. And that's something that you want to do. It just has to get out of you. And I always felt that way. I always felt like I had things I wanted to do and create and build myself. uh, And I just learned how to listen to that. I love that. So, and you have a ton of siblings in your family as well. Uh, So actually you have more than I, than I always say I have a ton of kids, but you have more siblings in your family. So growing up, uh, did you feel like there was definitely this, this uh, sign that you were like the one that was going to go out and create things? 
I don't know. You know, I, I'm probably atypical that way that, you know, I kind of come from a pretty successful background. And so in, in my background, a lot of people, you know, don't work or don't, uh, but I always took it the opposite direction as sort of like uh, an intense motivation to be my own success story and, you know, make my own way. And it kind of uh, emboldened me. Uh, so um, I'd say yes. I love it. So actually, before you started your own companies, uh, you had a role at a beverage company. Of course, that is uh, near and dear to my heart uh, with Seagram's. So you started out, that was the first one. What were you doing for Seagram's? Well, I always say that was kind of my first MBA. So uh, I grew up in the Bay Area. I, I did my undergraduate at Princeton University. And then I went to Oxford and got my first graduate degree, which was actually in, in international relations. Then I moved to New York and I really wanted to learn marketing. And by luck, I got this job at the Seagram Beverage Company. And I was sort of hired provisionally as like a marketing associate. Uh, and then I worked so hard, I ended up being promoted as the youngest brand manager in the history of the company. And I always say it was my first MBA because brand management, particularly when it's done at a company like that, you learn everything, you know, production, pricing, trade promotion, consumer promotion, packaging, um, and uh we were test marketing things. We had uh, mature products, kind of what you'd call a cash cow. And so I learned about product life cycle. And it just was like uh, an incredible um, taste of how to run a business. Um, and so I, I was there for uh, three years. And then I left to go to Berkeley to get my MBA. And then while I was at Berkeley, I came up with the idea for my first company. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip, Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Which was? Which was called ComparNet. Uh, I founded it with, uh, with a partner. And ComparNet was really a business at the early stage of the internet where there was a lot of stuff for sale, but, you know, not a lot of tools to help you pick products. And uh, so we felt like people wouldn't be um, sort of confident buying online until they felt like they'd really done their research. And there weren't comprehensive um, databases of products. You know, if you wanted to buy uh, a digital camera, a DVD player, a flat screen TV, whatever, like how did you know which one you wanted or what was right for you or what was a good price or how reliable they were? And so... um, 
uh, really with no knowledge and no experience, you know, and sort of starting it as like a uh, business school project, I just figured my way out. How do we build some databases? How do we get stuff on the internet? How do we find consumers? Um, and three years later, sold the company to Microsoft and it became msn.com slash shopping or the shopping channel of MSN. And, and there were a couple really valuable lessons I learned uh, that I would offer to any entrepreneur. The first is the most encouraging, which is you don't have to go to MIT. You don't need to be experienced. You don't have to uh, have an advanced degree. Anyone can start a business or a company. All you have to have are two things. The first is the stubbornness or the unwillingness to fail, no matter what gets thrown your way. That's like fortitude. And you can learn that. You don't even have to have been born with it. But that's the most important ingredient. And the other thing is to, to um, know what you need to know and learn it on the fly. Meaning mm -hmm. like you don't have to know everything, but when at, at certain key moments, you have to figure stuff out quickly. I always like the analogy of that movie, The Matrix, you know, you, you see, you know, Neo, the, the main character, you know, he sort of steps into a helicopter and he's like, I need to download a program for how to fly a helicopter. That's what starting a business is like. You don't know everything you never can, but, you know, you have to know what to figure out when you need it. If you can do those two things, you can be successful. Well, I think what you're talking about, too, is seeing around corners, right, and being able to anticipate because a lot of people don't have that skill set. But I think incredible entrepreneurs uh, do, right? They can see around the corners. They make predictions. Their predictions might be wrong some of the time. Hopefully, they're right uh, most of the time. But I think that's that's such a key key piece of that. Yeah, and I think that's actually what caused me to found Creasis. Mm -hmm. Creasis is my company. And Creases is like a super app that's available in the app store that anyone can use to enjoy digital collectibles, NFTs, crypto, whatever it is. But it was that, that I could see that that moment would be coming when non-crypto bros, like just normal people, want to dip their toe into the blockchain. So how would you describe Creases to listeners today? If, if somebody's saying, hey, Trevor, what are you up to today? I mean, what what would you say is sort of the key thing? Like, why should people pay attention? So Creases is kind of two things. For anyone who already owns anything on the blockchain, any cryptocurrency, any NFT, any collectible, Creases is the best place to keep your stuff. Uh, so as they say, you can go to the app store and download the Creases, you know, crypto super app, but you can move things in there and it is the safest and the easiest place. And I'll give you one example. So, um, you know, I observed that these current wallets and crypto tools, they're really, really, really complicated. Mm -hmm. And even frankly, 
kind of scary. Like even my friends who know a lot about Web3, they're terrified of their of their crypto wallet, that they're going to lose their recovery phrases, they'll get locked out forever, that they'll put something in the wrong place, that they'll send something to the wrong address and, and it'll be lost, right? So Cresus is kind of like goof proof. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to download, but it gives you all the education and the tools so that you won't make any mistake. And it's the only crypto wallet or wallet anywhere in the whole world that is totally recoverable. That means no matter what happens to you, we can always get you back in, whether you lose your phone, even if you lose control of your own email, we'll get you back in. And yet it is what we call non-custodial, which means it's only your assets. We don't touch them. We can't move them. We can't loan them to someone else or take them from you. You're in complete control, which is also really important in this current moment where we've learned some of these other solutions have been secretly lending out your stuff or whatever. And so it's like for, for existing crypto people, it's the very, very best tool. But for anyone who wants to learn about the blockchain or maybe accumulate a little something by, you know, dip a toe, it's the only tool that's so easy that anyone can download it, fund it, maybe buy something, try something. We, we even are the first place that lets you mint your own NFT very easily, like a photo of your kids or your pet. Um, we'll give you five NFTs for free and you can gift them or keep them. And it's, I always say to people like, do you ever remember the first time you sent an email? Like that was a pretty momentous moment for you, right? Yeah. And people are going to say, Thanks to Cresus, I minted my first uh, thing to the blockchain, my first NFT, because five years from now, we're going to be minting our birth certificates, our, our passports, our driver's license, our will. It's going to be a whole new world, and, and we're preparing people for that world. So were you looking for this product uh, when you decided to start this company? I mean, was this, it, was this something that you just couldn't believe it wasn't out there already? Yeah, like like you were saying earlier about seeing around corners. I'm actually old enough. I remember the beginning of the World Wide Web, you know, like before AOL. And it was very analogous to the blockchain. So were people using it? Absolutely. But it was really, 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 really hard. You mm -hmm. had to have a dial-up connection, a local ISP prodigy and it was scary and difficult then aol came along and they did two things the first is they made it really really easy and most people went to just get an email address right and they then they also showed people there's a whole lot you can do stock quotes horoscopes online shopping and Cresus is the same right it's so easy that anyone can now have a Web3 wallet that they can buy stuff for, put stuff in. Um, but we're also showing you cool stuff around the blockchain. Not, e not even our stuff, like new Nike projects, cool stuff you can do with gaming just to educate you. And we have education. You can mint. We'll even give you a, a Web3 address of your own uh, for free. So we're also like sh opening your eyes to what's possible. So how do you see it impacting the larger cryptocurrency market uh, overall? I mean, how, is that something I would imagine that you that you are looking closely at? 
Yeah. So I think there's a lot of speculation right now, and some of that is going to go away, but there's a there there, right? I mean, there's a reason for Bitcoin. There's a reason for Ethereum. They're so important that they really will uh, change things. And there's a reason for NFTs. For for listeners who don't know, NFT just simply means non-fungible token, which is kind of fancy language for meaning there's only one and it's verified. Mm -hmm. Like I always, laugh like my mom is like I don't get the blockchain like why is it important or you know and I'm like it's a universal ledger imagine like an accounting firm in London with a giant chalkboard and every time anything important happens every transaction every contract some guys get up on a ladder and they write it up there where everyone can see it it can't be denied it can't be ignored or lost or forgotten that's the blockchain it's just saying that you know, anything important is now known to everyone. And that's like a really, that's an important milestone for all of us. Um, that with smart contracts means everything you do can be registered and verified and can't be, you know, uh, fraudulent or or denied. Um, and, and an NFT is sort of a verification stamp that says maybe you own this thing or this is your will or um, this thing is unique, one of one, and it's yours. And that could be for a ticket to an event. It could be loyalty points from an airline, or hmm. it could be a lot of things. So when you look at competition in the market, uh, you've obviously been through uh, many, many other startups and, and watching what people are doing. And I think it's uh, Web3 is, is moving very quickly. Um, changing constantly. Uh, how how do you view competition right now? I mean, do you feel like it's still so early that you know competition actually just makes everybody better, uh, or do you feel like uh, there's a lot of confusion still around what the consumer really needs? I think there's a ton of confusion, and it does remind me of the early days of the World Wide Web, where it was, you know, Prodigy and Lycos and InfoSeq and Excite and At Home. And the, so like the current wallets, the first generation wallets, I always say it's like mushrooms that sprung up after a heavy rain. Mm -hmm. They kind of all emerged overnight. A lot of them are for very limited or specific reasons, and they're complex. And they were built for, you know, the 300,000 crypto bros, you know, that knew how to use them, but they were never really intended for the mass market. You know, the, the leading crypto wallet is called MetaMask, um, and I love to demo it. And I'm like, look at it. You know, if you download it, the screen is all white with only a few words in black and it looks really primitive and complex. And if you download Cresus, it's colorful, it's engaging, it has lots to look at and education. You can swipe and scroll and your stuff is there and it can be organized how you want it. And it's the difference between like DOS and Windows. Like Cresus is a next generation tool. So it's really built for, for you know, the future. So I know when I was doing research on Croesus, the uh, the big thing that I saw over and over again was safety. And so up until now, uh, it's just kind of been the uh, wild, wild west out there on uh, on these NFTs. But how does Croesus actually help uh, people just feel safe? 
I think it's a great question. And we all, A, hear these horror stories of people who are hacked or they lose their stuff or whatever, or the, the converse, which is, you know, to be safe, people have like, you know, um, put these hardware devices, you know, buried in their yard and they've split their recovery phrases into tattoos on 10 friends. And, you know, and it's like, that's no way to live, yeah. you know, not in the 21st century. And so Creasis starts with like the very best security. And it's, by the way, the Creasis app is free to download. Um, and so uh, we use a variety of techniques and we don't hold your passwords, you know, those are, they're yours, not us, but they're um, uh, on your device and in the cloud and recoverable with a variety of ways, your, your face, your uh, mobile phone number, your email. So uh, as they say, we're the only app where you can never get lost, locked out. You can never lose your access, but we don't touch any of it. And then, Kara, this is kind of a first, but we're going to, I'm announcing it with you. We're going to launch in about a month a product called the vault and the vault is like if you hold really serious assets and you need like hardware level security without the hard mm -hmm. um and that is another layer of security with a technology called mpc married to a smart contract and then these other protocols that will protect you from ever being hacked um but that is with you in your pocket, you know, not home on your PC and therefore uh, convenient and accessible. And that product uh, will be $25 a month. And so it's sort of two different ways to approach it. But um, all of it, you know, is the very, very best safety on the market. So when you look at NFTs today, I think you're absolutely right. It's got a uh, reputation of being the bro place. And and so do you see that changing significantly? I mean, since uh, even in the last year in terms of demographics, do you see uh, young millennials getting in, Gen Zers? I mean, where do you see the biggest growth happening? Oh, yeah. So, you know, last week, Sotheby's sold an NFT for more than $6 million. Um, and, you know, that's now that's not, you know, at the height of the of the fervor, right? So there really is a market for high quality uh, NFTs and the, uh, fine art, you know, galleries like Pace Galleries, Sotheby's Christie's, th there will always be a market for very, very high quality NFTs. Um, but then, you know, you look at Starbucks with their Odyssey program, you look at Nike, like a lot of really big brands are using NFTs in really clever and innovative ways. They're not necessarily expensive, but they may allow you to earn things or unlock value, or they may be access to things. And I think we'll see tons of innovation there. Your loyalty points will become NFTs, um, tickets to events. You know, you go to the Super Bowl and you get this ticket with like a hologram on it that you know, prevents forgery. Uh, in the future, you'll prevent forgery by, you know, something being on the blockchain, and then it can't be stolen or duplicated or, or it's just a better technology. So it's inevitable. We'll be collecting things in a variety of ways and holding them in our wallets. And then beyond that, you know, your important documents and other things will all migrate to the blockchain as well. So I I'd love to jump into entrepreneurship uh, a bit because obviously you've been a serial entrepreneur and you've sold companies, but 
uh, and not all in the same vertical either. Different types of companies, obviously, very curious. Trevor is is you know obviously very curious and and jumps into things and tries to solve these big problems. And uh, but I'd love to understand like how do you measure success for any of these companies? I mean, when do you know that you've like done it because being an entrepreneur, you've got the highs and you've got the lows. Uh, but when do you sit back and say, you know, we've really done it. Like we, we like we've nailed it. Uh, we're super successful. And, uh, and maybe at that point you decide you're going to sell it. Um, but, but I think it's, it's always a challenge, right? Because there's always something to do and more things that you could add on to it and create and change. But when is success there? So I think being an entrepreneur is means um, weighing a whole lot of different um, options and opportunities, right? And there's like what motivates one as a creator mm -hmm. or someone who wants to have impact, and then what motivates one as uh, as a uh, investor or someone who's beholden to investors who've given you money and who expect a return. So. And to the first uh, question, I love to create things and then to take them to the place where I get feedback unsolicited, right? So I bump into a friend or I hear from someone and they're like, you know, I tried your product. I loved your product. I encountered, you know, um, you know, my last company was called If Only. And If Only was like a magical marketplace for experiences that benefited charities and causes. And it was everything from extraordinary experiences to everyday ones. So extraordinary might be like, uh, tennis with Andre Agassi or ballooning over Mount Everest. Um, and every day might be an hour of chocolate making with a chocolate expert or a petting a zebra at the zoo after, after hours, right? And I remember with my last company, um, I heard from a woman I'd, I'd never met and she said, I bought on your platform an hour of chocolate making. Uh, and um, it was actually the daughter. She said, you know, my mother bought this and um, she invited me and my friend and we spent an hour together making chocolate. And she said, my mother cried. Hmm. And she said she cried because it was meaningful time spent with, you know, her child, et cetera. And I was like, wow, I had impact in, right. in and that impact expanding in ways I never thought, right? I'm sure you've experienced with, you know, your products, people who say to you, I love your product, or it's, you know, I have one a day, or I, I look for them at the store, whatever. Those kind of things make you feel good, you know, yeah. like, wow. I so I like that moment when it happens where someone, you know, even with Creasis, the, the feedback I've gotten is like, I was so surprised how easy it was to download, right, and to install. And I was like, I worked for weeks and weeks to make that streamlined, to make that easy for people, to not confuse or confound them, and to get that little piece of feedback that just makes me feel good and makes me feel like I was really doing something right. But the second part is the investment side. So I always say building a company, it's like inflating a balloon. You know, you're blowing it as large as you can, and you want to tie that balloon off before before it pops, mm -hmm. before it bursts. So 
there's that healthy tension, like how much air can I fill this balloon with? You know, um, because we've all seen so many promising startups that ultimately failed. Either they ran out of money or their market changed or they didn't change or whatever. And so with each of my businesses, there's been that question, right? And it's usually around, do I sell it? Do I keep going? Do I raise more money? Do I, um, and in pretty much every case for me, it was sort of like either, I think I've taken it to the farthest place I can take it. And maybe now I need an acquirer or a partner that has either more resources, more more expertise or, or just more, um, audience, a bigger audience, right? So, you know, I sold my last company to MasterCard, you know, they have millions and millions and millions of customers and they were going to take it to a place I couldn't, um, in my first company, I sold to Microsoft, same thing. So, um, and, and that's always part of the, the calculus, right? But it's, but it's a hard one. And do you think it, it sounds like, especially the consumer feedback is such a key piece of this when, especially in the early days, but I think you still keep popping your head in to really understand what the consumers are thinking now in order to make that decision, right? You never walk away. I've had, I've had founders uh, and early CEOs say to me, like, at what point can I get out of doing a lot of the day-to-day? And some you can't walk away ever, right? Totally walk away. Hopefully you hire a good team to be able to do the different things, but it's not like you found a company and then you step back. Uh, you're, you're constantly looking for ways to improve. I tell people who are, um, thinking about starting a company, I'm like, the highs are the highest highs you'll ever know. The lows are the lowest lows you'll ever know. Uh, so be sure you're up for the ride. And I say, when you start a company, it's like adopting a puppy or, or, or adopting a pet. It's like, however long is the life cycle of that pet, you are committed to it. You're mm-hmm. on the hook. That's your responsibility. And you can't just say, you know what, I've had enough, or you can't walk away because that thing relies on you for its very existence. So you have to be cool with that. Like I, I'm a dog lover, you know, I can't imagine getting a puppy and then not loving it forever, but that's what, that's what your business is like. And to your last point, Kara, I'm always asking, always testing, you know, it's like uh, anyone I meet, I'm showing them something and saying, do you like this or not like this? Is this easy or hard? Does this make sense? What, if you read this, I remember with my first company, uh, we were in a building near the ballpark here in San Francisco, and we were looking at some messaging. And I took like five printouts down to the leasing agency, and I talked to all the sort of secretaries there. And I was like, this or this? If I showed you this, what would you think it meant? Like, anyone is a test audience, like everyone you know, you know, the checkout person, the, and that's how you, that's how you learn, right? Yeah, definitely. What has surprised you the most about Cresus since you, you're just getting started uh, and getting a lot of this feedback, but, and obviously you've had people who are saying it's really great. You probably had doubters uh, who initially were like, oh, what's Trevor doing now? I mean, who cares that he's had all these successful startups? He, you know, they still want to doubt you, right? And, uh, but what, what has been the most surprising thing about this uh, about Croesus for you uh, so far that gets you really excited? Well, I actually think it's 
the ability to mint something to the blockchain, right? So uh, some people are, have bought some crypto or maybe they bought an NFT or whatever. Uh, and those people, I think, appreciate the convenience of Cresus, but almost no one has ever put something on the blockchain. It mm. seems almost undoable. Like that would be so complicated. How would I mint to the blockchain, right? And so uh, when you download Cresus, we just say, give us access to your camera roll and you could take any picture and you can doctor it up and you can add a title and you can judge it a bit. And then you mint it. It takes, you know, a few minutes mm -hmm. and it's minting, minting. And then all of a sudden you have five copies of this thing that will live literally forever. It's like a, putting something in a time capsule or immortalizing it. And it, you know, it seems like a trivial thing, but I can't tell you how many people have said to me, like, that was really cool. It was like sending my first, um, my first email. So that's the first thing. And the other thing that surprised me is, you know, Croesus the king was a real person. He lived around 550 BC and King Croesus um, created the first fungible coins. So every coin had the same amount of gold. And so you could spend any one like any other. He created currency, which like changed the whole world. It didn't just usher in commerce, but the arts, even, even people say democracy came from this innovation. And it used to be everyone knew who Croesus was, but a lot of people now don't know the story of King Croesus. And like, I mean, uh, Walt Disney made a cartoon out of Croesus. Like it used to be everyone knew, but no one could spell Croesus the original way or the recent. So I was like, I'm just going to spell it phonetically like K-R-E-S-U-S, -S, because that's how it sounds, even though the original spelling was way more janky. But that was my other sort of surprise. I love that. So last question, what's the best advice that you've ever received? Oh my gosh, that's, <laughs> uh, that's a tough one. I mean, you know, uh, I think it all goes to the sort of do what you love and the sort of life is precious. And I mean, I feel like it's on every mug and poster and it seems so obvious, but, you know, I was talking to a friend yesterday, so that was Sunday, who's very, very famous and very, very successful, both, you know, in career and monetarily. And I was like, do you want to hang out today? And he said, you know, I have so much work right now that, um, you know, I, I'm just literally buried, whatever. And I said to this person, I was like, you know, what is your life plan, right? I mean, the, the, the privilege of success is to be able to spend time with your family and your friends and whatever. And it's like, you're going to look back, dude, and go, was I successful? Right. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I just say that to people over and over again. It's like, are you really spending your time on what matters? Like we, we all like fail to see the forest through the trees. And it's sometimes it's important to be reminded, like in, you know, however much money you're making or not making or, you know, whatever, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, are you spending your hours on what's really meaningful? That, I think that's the advice. That's terrific advice. So Trevor, thank you so much. So Croesus, everybody uh, will have all the info in the show notes too. But uh, if you're listening right now, go to Croesus on the, in the app store and download it for sure. And uh, Trevor, thanks again for sharing all of your uh, info and, and knowledge with us and really appreciate it.
Oh, Kara, I mean, I think what you've done with your podcast is phenomenal. And I'm like honored just to play like a small part in it. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. And thanks, everybody for listening. Thanks again for listening to the Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey, including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023. And goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening.